Stephanie, Joanne, Angelina, Germanata may not be a name you are immediately familiar with, but you have almost certainly heard of her by her professional name, Lady Gaga. A sudden breakout success with the song Poker Face, a song that won a Grammy for Best Dance Recording, made her a household name. Or perhaps you know her from the stories of, as Time noted, quote, her outrageous style. She has sported outfits made from plastic bubbles, Kermit the Frog dolls, and raw meat, end quote, the last of which was worn to the 2010 MTV Video Music Awards. Or it could be because of her activism, after she's worked with foundations to fight against HIV and AIDS, and also her ongoing support for LGBT rights. Or it could even be her appearances in American Horror Story or the brand new movie A Star is Born. Truly, she is a gem with many facets, and regardless of how you know of her, there are probably many sides to her that you don't know. Maybe that's why today's album, Gaga's fifth studio album, filled with soft rock and country influences along with her standard dance-pop aesthetic, was such a surprise to me. That's right, today we're talking about Lady Gaga's 2016 album, Joanne. Every John is just the same, I'm sick of their city games, I crave a real Welcome back to Any Album You Like, the podcast where I am repeatedly subjected to (laughs) watching different movies, uh, different albums synced up to The Wizard of Oz. I'm kind of losing it by now. This is episode 10. I'm Ben Mooney. I'm your host. And today on the podcast, uh, we have Casey Chaos and Jeff Richardson of Everything is Awesome. What's up? Welcome. Hello, hello. Hello. So the uh, the first couple of questions that I ask everybody is first of all why oh I suppose we should get into what al- what album we are talking about today we did Joanne by Lady Gaga so why uh, I mean the, as sort of a, a peek behind the curtain um, <laughs> we uh, I originally had a different guest and uh, that sort of fell through so this was. A much more haphazardly put together episode. I know that uh, you both had kind of a whole list of albums, um, and then we sort of uh, talked about you know what would fit for this last episode. But why, among all these other albums, was Joanne on the the list of albums that she wanted to to do this with? I I can start us off. Um, I think most of the albums I sent you were ones that really matter to me a lot, and Casey and I have fairly different musical tastes we come together on like uh soundtracks uh a few we great still albums come together but when it comes to great albums that casey likes and i like they're right there there are probably a few but the one that we've really been grooving on for the last i don't know six months mm-hmm. is the latest album by lady gaga and i just love it it's a great record but i think casey has more of a personal connection to it. Yes. So the Lady Gaga Joanne album was the first record that I purchased on purpose because um, 
Jeff had gotten me a record player for my birthday in November. And this was the first album where I was like, I will definitely invest in it. And it's definitely something that's special to me. And it wasn't always uh, something that I understood. It wasn't until I saw the kind of, I don't even remember what the the documentary is called, but Lady Gaga made a documentary on Netflix. And that's what made me really understand the album because I had gone to a concert last summer about the Joe. I had gone to a Lady Gaga concert and I didn't get the show. Like I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what she was doing. I didn't even know the songs because I totally went to the show without even listening to any of her albums. (laughs) It was just kind of one of those like, oh yeah, my friends want to go. Lady Gaga's cool. I'm sure it's going to be really entertaining. And I was not entertained at all. And and I just didn't understand it. I was like, okay, great. I don't like Lady Gaga. But then I watched this documentary and it was kind of behind the scenes of every song she talks about different songs and you really get a sense of her humanity. And that's what really got me into this album, Joanne and like knowing the backstory and seeing her as a human just really endeared me to Lady Gaga. And so it's one of my favorite albums now and we play it on my record player all the time. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's a thing about an artist like Gaga. She's a little like Bowie in that way. Yes. Where like she she got into uh old timey music and did a thing with Tony Bennett. Now she's yeah, doing this yeah. very stripped down kind yes. of stuff that's a little more political and a little more personal. Like, like yeah, I mean it's it's really cool. I yeah. I like it because it has something to say. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I liked her earlier, like fun kind of mm-hmm. popcorn music, but this is like, this is where I live. Yeah, it's really this is, deep shit. I mean, this is very raw. It's very personal. Um, all Every single song has a deeper meaning that you can understand after you watch the documentary, but also it gave me an under, kind of a glimpse into, it was kind of like a behind the curtain understanding of Lady Gaga. So I'm thinking, well, if there's anything with depth or um, a second layer or another meaning, like this would probably be psychedelic enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Without being like, without initially giving you that perception of it being psychedelic, but you, she's a stoner. It's really great. You watch her smoke. (laughs) I mean, she, so you really get the sense that she is an artist and she she does have a, a a depth to her that I could appreciate that I don't think a lot of people may realize. And so when Jeff was like, well, do you want to do Kesha or do you want to do Lady Gaga? I'm like, Lady Gaga, <laughs> like at least it's a, it's an album that I know. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I, I got to say that um, honestly, personally, mm-hmm. I, I don't really only ever been, been familiar with like um poker face yeah, and like you know the the really big stuff from like really early on in her career right um and i never really thought much of her i mean i know i've heard a lot of stories about you know how she you know she's an advocate for things like safe sex and mm-hmm. and um you know all the other like good work that she does as sort of a human being mm-hmm. um and i've always appreciated that about her but i'm like oh man lady gaga is just not my (laughs) kind of music (laughs) and um you know when i was sort of checking out some of the the albums for you know what we were you know because like you said we we were talking about maybe doing uh kesha for this Mm -hmm. um 
And so I was I was kind of checking out the first couple of tracks on every album. Mm-hmm. And man, I got to say, when I started listening to this one, I kind of just kept it going. Like, it's mm-hmm. a really fucking good album. Oh, and I'm so I did glad not expect that. that. Yeah, I it's been in my head for the last, uh, you know, day or so. Ayo, mm-hmm. uh, ayo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely gonna get some uh, some more uh, play over on this side. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a That's it's awesome. a good good album. So the other question that uh, I always ask is when you guys were sitting down to watch the Wizard of Oz synced up to a Lady Gaga album, what did you expect to get out of this experience? I'll let Jeff go first. Okay, well, I was really excited about this. I mean, the instant you made that Facebook post, I was like, oh, shit, I've never done this. I'm a stoner. Like, I've done the the psychedelics. Like, I should have done this already. And now to do it with a totally different album, like, this is going to be weird. Mm-hmm. It's a great idea. It's brand new. Um, but more than anything, I knew that anytime you pair up a really great piece of art with another great piece of art, like some weird connections are going to happen and even if there's none of those like strange like sync moments where the music fits perfectly or whatever themes and stuff are going to come out that you might never have thought about had you just watched one or just listened to the other so i was excited to where our brains would go nice Yeah, when Jeff told me about it, I didn't know what to expect honestly. <laughs> He made me watch uh Uh, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> He made me watch The Wizard of Oz like maybe two weeks ago, like where I finally got into it. You know, I wasn't bored and like walking around and I was actually kind of getting it. I had heard about Wizard of Oz when I was in high school and how it like related to um, currency in like the early 1900s. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been kind of meaning to watch it. And it's so um, ingrained in our pop culture that I just was like, This will be interesting. I always like to try something <laughs> at least once. And uh, I've never done this. I've never watched an... I've never listened to an album while watching a movie. So that was kind of what hooked me, was that doing something that I've never done before and also doing something with an album that I love, but a movie that I probably won't ever watch again. Well, a movie that I, I probably last night would have not watched again <laughs> if I didn't have to. So I just knew it was going to be interesting. I kind of felt like maybe I should have like gotten some shrooms or something, but <laughs> I was purist. I just did. I did exactly what you said on the show form uh, on the show. Sheet we had to, to take do. some notes, <laughs> take some clear. notes, you know? Um, and so when we initially started watching it, I'm like, okay, I'm like watching for all those like in sync moments. And then It got to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I kind of feel bad for this guy that he has to listen to this album on repeat. I hope he likes it, like, because I'm kind of getting sick of it. The whole time I'm like, he, he, honey, he put himself in this I position. Like, he wants to watch this over and over the same movie for all these strange albums. Um, yeah, this is this is the 10th time I've done this. So, uh, you know, it's it's getting really fucking weird just the number of things that i've noticed in the movie and just you know the the weird expectations now that i have when mm-hmm. like i just look at an album and say oh yeah no this is probably about where the tornado scene happens and this is probably about <laughs> where uh the witch shows up oh. and um 
you know, it was it was funny because I was driving uh back from uh, the store with my girlfriend and a song from uh, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill came on. Mm -hmm. And the first thing my girlfriend said was, how do you think this would sync up to the Wizard of Oz? And I'm like, God damn it, because now I want to do it. I love it. Yeah. So like, this is, this is my life now. I'm just, I'm resigned to being the guy who just watches shit to the Wizard of Oz. uh, And like, you know, I I did this to myself. So, uh <laughs> what excites me about it is unlike you, I could do this with other movies. Yes. Or, or so you think, or so you think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I really didn't I I guess I didn't have any expectations, really. Okay. Mhm. All right. Well, then uh let's get into sort of what we thought about doing this so first and foremost was there anything that really popped out at you that was just like oh yes this was the perfect album to choose because this just happened and it it worked so perfectly the discussion that jeff and i had afterwards really i just wrote uh, a paper um i'm reading this book called braiding sweetgrass and it's about the um indigenous teachings of the United States. And I had just written this paper about the constitution and kind of my view, which is that the constitution needs to be revised. It doesn't really reflect the people. It doesn't really reflect the times, you know, just, just, just kind of pointing out the limitations of the constitution and how, what I learned in this book called braiding sweetgrass really brings in native teachings that are more holistic. And so I, it was pretty much I read this I wrote this criticism and then we listened and watched this movie and I'm thinking there's no way this is going to be all related but then by the <laughs> by the time we wrap up our conversation it was completely related because it was about we kind of got into like the politics you know with the money and the symbolism and the themes and um, he and I when we like reviewed our notes saw that there were some we kind of thought the same thing when we first heard the song um, with the scene. And that was a nice, that was a nice, a very nice uh, surprise. Yeah. It's really cool when we could like, we went over our notes and we had one, we'll get to it. I'm sure. But there was one where we had basically the same note. (laughs) And I think it, part of it is because Gaga is such a, an icon of womanhood. You know, she's a very singular personality. So is Dorothy. Dorothy right. is like a, a she she is the story the story is all about her it's all around her like she's our window into the story and so anytime there were themes about women and friendship and stuff like that it all kind of for me like that's when it it gelled there was a moment during come to mama and my my note is like is Dorothy mama Right. Like or right. Dorothy is mama question mark. So, yeah, I, for me, it's um, I think why I loved Wizard of Oz when I was a kid is I didn't know any other girls. And so she was like my, you know, what I thought of as women or girls or whatever, like maybe Alice in Wonderland, you know, sure. it's like plucky, you know, loves her dog. Um, yeah, I mean, and, Dor- it, and it yeah. retains that same uh iconic status in my mind and now gaga's kind of rolling in there as well right i mean if you you know if you think about it I mean, dorothy as as a sort of i mean first of all you've got 
the the story itself, which is, um, you know, I was reading somewhere somebody uh, basically called it uh, called the Wizard of Oz like the first true American fairy tale, oh. um, and you know, I think that's a really interesting take because it's it is this you know it's dripping with this like turn of the century uh, Americana. You know, it's about people living on a farm. You know, all all of this sort of it it is this American fairy tale. So you've got this young American woman who the the thing that I'm sort of just even thinking about right now is just that you're talking about, you know, plucky, young, strong women, but also Dorothy kind of doesn't take shit from anybody. I mean, Hell she's yeah. she's Except standing for up Toto. <laughs> <laughs> but she's standing up to Miss Galt. She's standing up for herself. She's standing up for her friends. You know, the only time that she really kind of gives up hope is when she is literally locked in a castle with, you know, a witch and guards and magic spells. And like, it takes all of that for her to just like give up. And like, I think that's pretty badass, actually. Mm-hmm. She reminds me a lot. uh, One of my favorite movies is Alice in Wonderland by Tim Burton. And she reminds me a lot of Alice. And so I was kind of when I was watching this, I was thinking, is this her rabbit hole? Like for a second, you know, in the story where she's in the storm, like I'm like, is this her disassociating because she doesn't like what she like what her aunt's saying like she doesn't nobody's listening to her you know like no everybody's minimizing what she's saying and so I was just thinking well is this her own rabbit hole is this a hero's journey of what's happening and then like oh Toto is a little psychopomp I was just kind of nerding out (laughs) to that but tying it in with uh Lady Gaga there there is the notes where the note that Jeff brought up and I wrote come to mama Dorothy is surrounded and flocked like a mama and there is that some sort of Madonna complex to Dorothy in the movie. And obviously Lady Gaga, when she first came out, was compared to Madonna a lot. And Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there, I think uh, there was a lot of symbolism. You know, you talk about this fairy tale, but it's like the Wizard of Oz is its own like myth, you know, like American mythology for sure. Right. And I, I just want to say, in terms of Lady Gaga, like she is distinctly American. Like we right, are, a, she's Italian. Yeah. We are a loud, brash, funny, strange people, mm-hmm. and we don't take shit. You know, like yeah. she, right. she hits a lot of those same kind of high notes. Right. I mean, she and she, you know, kind of started from nowhere. Had to claw her way into the music industry when she isn't the typical face of pop culture, pop music and kind of had to made a name for herself and stake her claim. And so that is very American dream, like very distinctly American. There's probably even some parallels between just her personally and Judy Garland. I mean, outside of the whole. Oh, I bet. I mean, like of the movie itself. mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it was a whole different time, but you know, uh, one of my other guests brought up just like how, just awful the entire industry was to judy garland how she was strung out on drugs most of the time because you know Mm -hmm. she was trying to to you know they like they always they always called her ugly or and like fat and so she was on these like pills all the time Mm -hmm. and you know just treated her like shit and you know i don't i don't think there was the space that I don't think there was a space for her that now Lady Gaga has for right. herself. 
Right. Um, you know, it was the uh, 1939 was when this movie was made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she was active through her whole life, but it was kind of a short life. I mm-hmm. mean, she died pretty young. Uh, you yeah. know, very similar to like in Star Wars with uh, what's her name? Princess Leia? Princess Leia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. I mean, how yes. she's kind of an icon and like but very, started young. You know, but like kind of a mess, started oh, young, so much her trauma. To be uh, but I, I was, this movie is so, I didn't realize how incredibly timeless this movie is. Yes. The, the set, I was, this time around, I was just looking at the set and the costumes. Like, how did they make the lion's tail do its thing <laughs> like that? I want to like, no, I want to know. And the beautiful, like the poppy fields and how they filmed that. And so uh, I was really curious about like what the budget was, but the movie is incredibly timeless, not only because of like the costumes and the videography, but also it's very timeless because here you have three men essentially and one woman. And she has, even though during the time that the movie is made, maybe she didn't have the space then, but in the movie, she very much has her space. Right. Um, with, Absolutely. With these three men. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. And yeah, the the other thing I wanted to bring up too with this album specifically, because again, you know, like I I was going in not really knowing what to expect out of the album itself mm-hmm. because you know I'm thinking you know Poker Face and uh, Bad Romance was that yeah yeah Lady Go- okay those are the kind of what I'm thinking and this has sort of this like country western right. sort of influence yep. which I was not expecting at all out of Lady Gaga and works so perfectly for this this yes. you know uh, american fairy tale where i was like man this is actually like a really good pick for <laughs> for this movie i think it it worked pretty well overall to be honest yes yeah, so like those feelings that you had about this album was how i felt about her concert because <laughs> that's what I was expecting. I was expecting bad romance. I was expecting crazy costumes. I was expecting avant-garde. And instead I got cowboy hats and, and, (laughs) and, you know, no, no like embellishment, like no imagination, like just very raw. And so I'm talking production wise. It wasn't production. Yeah. Off the hook. It wasn't just like crazy off the hook. And so, uh, I totally understand that feeling that you have when you first, listen to the album it's interesting too because when you think of dorothy and um it's down to earth is like one of the biggest qualities i associate with her i mean she's a kansas girl Mm -hmm. that just wants to protect her dog or whatever and this record is like that in a way for gaga like it's she's just an ordinary person Mm -hmm. loving living yeah (laughs) i did what uh when i was looking at my notes it's like this is Lady Gaga's breakup album. So when I realized that and I wrote that down, I'm like, was this the best album to watch this movie? Like <laughs> this, she's just, she's just talking about John Wayne. She's just talking about like, you know, all of her heartbreak. Are we going to be able to tie this in into the more holistic, the more political, the more, you know, like the larger plot line of wizard of Oz and surprisingly we were <laughs> yeah absolutely one one thing i definitely did want to bring up because the in in all the other episodes i've done the tornado scene always is interesting in one way or another mm-hmm. and i could not help but note that uh in 
in this specific album. Uh, the tornado scene happens when we are doing uh, the song Dancing in Circles, yes! which, was, which was a very interesting uh, uh, metaphor, I guess, for, um, a, you know, a tornado being uh, like female masturbation is oh yeah yeah pretty pretty phenomenal um Try i mean to it, rub it out <laughs> rub the pain I mean, out it starts it starts Funk a little... me downtown i believe it's <laughs> there. but dorothy is also dancing in circles yeah that's, and then she ends she's... up in bed mm-hmm. oh. it does start a little bit early because it kind of starts when she's still in the uh trailer with uh the little wagon with professor marvel and i was very uncomfortable <laughs> with that. but then um as it as the song keeps going and she's trying to go home and and you know there's all the the wind and things just going crazy and i'm like all right no this is i'm i'm back into it this mm-hmm. is this is pretty good. Like, good job, Lady Gaga. Um, I'm I'm impressed at how well a song about masturbation worked to the tornado scene. <laughs> there's a there's a moment when uh, Professor Marvel is showing her Auntie M and the crystal ball. Right? Isn't that is that mm-hmm. no no the yes. crystal ball comes. That was right before the storm. He's just telling her he's seeing her crying. Yeah. But there's a line in the song, baby, don't cry, baby, don't cry. Oh, I have that here. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, that's weird. It's like, baby, don't cry. And, M- and Auntie M is crying where he's looking into the future. And so I was like, well, is that foreshadow? You know, like, hmm, interesting. And to hop back to the beginning where Gaga's singing about her diamond heart, like in the script, it talks in the script intro. It talks about the young heart. Mm-hmm. Ah, this is a movie yes. about the young uh, young heart. I was like, oh, okay. Young, wild American. Yeah, like it literally starts out talking about young, wild American. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty perfect, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think the tornado scene was really the one that I was <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that one was good. But I mean, there was there was a lot of other really good stuff in this one to be honest Um, but in the in the tornado scene like the house is flying and there's like cinematic like cinematic magic of course and i'm and and she's singing about you were the perfect delusion yeah right like like, it goes from dancing in circles to perfect delusion Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right as everything like she just gets knocked out everything's going all blurry and so if i can jump in there that song to me it's kind of like the, the excitement of love or whatever. Like I thought it was going to be great, but just in terms of the words themselves, like one, it is a incredibly well-made movie mm-hmm. that is, has this lasting memorable quality to it, but also she gets knocked out by this fucking window blowing <laughs> in. She's passed out. It's like a Jacob's ladder scenario. Mm-hmm. The whole rest of the movie is like full color and mm-hmm. wild mm-hmm. as hell. Like yeah, it was a it was a good illusion. Yeah, I, it's a it's a full color. It is a perfect illusion because it's in Technicolor. So yeah. you know, pretty pretty perfect. When the house lands and she gets out into Munchkin Land, and it starts up with um, million reasons, mm-hmm. and there's like this. Um, oh no, I sorry, I'm I'm on the wrong song. No, I think you're so, right. Something yeah. like if I had the highway I'd because she try goes, to make the world we must better. Be, she goes, We must be over the rainbow and it's a million reasons. 
Right. No, I'm I was oh. I was thinking of something else though because she she you know looks around Oz for a bit. The th- the one I'm actually thinking of is next Sinner's Prayer yes. comes on and there's this mm-hmm. like guitar riff Mm-hmm. that that <laughs> keeps playing throughout i'm like it is the fucking creepiest thing to have that riff going with all the munchkins sort of <laughs> creeping out of the the bushes and everything she has this line a hell of a scene at daddy's feast and there's just all these fucking weird creatures uh-huh. and like, <laughs> yeah. especially if the whole time you know that there's like a dead lady under the house right <laughs> That would be a, a very big scene at a feast if you crushed somebody <laughs> with a house. So, I had this weird thought. I I had a couple thoughts where I just write down a question and like see if it came of anything later. But one thing I wrote down was, did she kill her own sin? Ooh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah, for me it was when she goes, "You're good as good as good as gold," and I was like, "Well, this is what the movie is about. It's about gold." And she's singing about the sinner's prayer, which I actually ended up looking up later. I didn't take notes of what I was researching. But uh, the sinner's prayer is essentially very uh, biblical, very Christian, because it's just about how, as humans, we're incredibly human. um, And we make mistakes and we have a darkness to us and a selfishness about us. And so we ask for it's a song. It's a prayer of atonement. And. Knowing Lady Gaga, she is Italian, so she was raised Catholic. And so as the munchkins are going about in Oz, I'm like, is Oz like sinner's land? Like, is this where or is this where the sinners are? And so we'll probably be getting into this as just like the symbolism of Oz itself. Like, what does it represent? I mean, if in a way, like if you imagine yourself suddenly showing up there, it is a weird <laughs> conflagration of, or like whatever that word is of things coming together mm-hmm. it it could be like a hell that's why i said jacob's ladder scenario it's mm-hmm. like a really brightly colored beautiful fucking weird place with like flying <laughs> monkeys and brainwashed spearmen like there's but a lot witches, going on witches that are like love hated like witches that they're like so relieved to see dead <laughs> right. Like they they literally sh- they shut down the town and have a whole fucking impromptu parade. Yeah. yeah. Because somebody dropped a house on this witch. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean that's first of all, I'm impressed at how quickly they were able to pull that together. <laughs> oh, no, right. Now that I'm thinking about There's somebody that. in the back frantically doing calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean they've they've got horses with buggies, they've got people playing trumpets, they've got speeches by the mayor i mean Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure they had all that stuff planned and ready to go (laughs) just on the off chance that she would keel over eventually man but can you imagine if you were the wicked witch and you show up and everyone's dancing and you're like what are you doing and they're like we're choreographing for the day we fucking kill you (laughs) for the day you die that is I, I don't even have a word for for how amazing and awful that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, she she says uh, everybody's got to love each other and the munchkins are rejoicing. And then it goes into come to mama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when I wrote Dorothy is mama. Well, I mean, there's there's definitely, I think, some good symbolism, regardless of of, you know, where 
whether or not Dorothy is is the the uh, mama in this situation, but like you know, there's there's specifically I noticed the line um, where she says, "I want to be there for you," and like Glinda the Good Witch is literally. Uh, holding Dorothy like in her arms, protecting her from the the wicked witch, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know it's it's you know I, I mean it's a song about um, I mean first of all it was a little uh, jaunty for the um, you know because they're singing Ding Dong the witch is dead and I'm like this is actually no that's actually like the appropriate level of jauntiness for what's going on <laughs> but then the witch appears and yeah it's it's you know music about like hey like you know we're all people and like mm-hmm. you know we should we should be looking out for each other and you know here instead is this wicked witch who's literally gonna kill someone over shoes so <laughs> yeah the witch is such the witch is like symbolic of all that is evil and unintended about capitalism yeah, we did we did a little research afterwards. <laughs> and yeah, like some people have compared her to the railroads, to the to the international financiers, to to colonialism in general, mm-hmm. western expansion even to like China and the Philippines, mm-hmm. like yeah, and and whenever I see her, it's all I can think about is like <laughs> it's like people like leaders that we don't like that may or may not currently be in government yeah you want to celebrate them not being around anymore yeah no i mean i guess i never really considered that because i mean i i don't i mean at least not in the movie maybe more in some of the books but they don't really go into detail about like what kind of power structure exists that they are so happy that this witch died clearly she has some sort of influence over their day-to-day lives Mm -hmm. because you know, otherwise, why would you be so happy about this? But does she like rule over them? I don't. I don't know that that was ever specifically made clear in the film. So yeah. So in the books, Oz is quartered into into the north, south, east, and west, and the Munchkins live in the east. And, oh, okay. Uh, and I can't remember what this theorist thought the Munchkins were if they were just the average American or if or if it was something else. But but so yeah, like. Uh, Dorothy just comes in stumbling and, and wastes old Wicked Witch of the East. <laughs> and she's like, I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the Wicked Witch of the West like runs the other part of the country. But what I don't understand is, one, we never meet the Witch of the South. And uh, they, why didn't they just hang out with Glinda? Like, why did they have to go <laughs> to the fucking witch's castle? Like, they, they could have just... You know, hung out. The witch's castle? Yeah, like they oh. went to Oz and then they or to the Emerald City and then they went mm-hmm. west. Like I don't know, man. Glinda's got some I mean, she's she's like, no no no. You'll be fine in this world where <laughs> scarecrows and tin men and trees and uh you know, they all come to life and it's fine. <laughs> also, a woman literally wants to kill you over the shoes that you never asked for. <laughs> and but no, you'll be fine. Just follow this road. And like Right. You know, trust she, the process. You'll be okay. Ma- she makes it snow later so that <laughs> Dorothy wakes up. But you know, you could have helped a lot more, Glinda. Come on. Yeah, she's, she's really like, the like genie a, in the a, bottle. Yeah, she's really like a um, a leader that's sort of checked out 
or or like they're on a whole different higher trip thinking mm-hmm. about important stuff and you're sort of the lowest thing on their list. I don't know. Unless there's something about like, oh, I guess that's a God thing, right? Like, like people are always like, how come God lets all this bad stuff happen and it's supposedly to teach you a lesson or... Sure. I mean, maybe we get sort of in the end. She's like, no, you had to do this yourself. And yeah, you know, oh, okay. So after come to mama, we get Hey Girl, which Mm -hmm. first of all, the first time I was listening to this album, Mm -hmm. um, because I like I said, I kind of listened to the album at work the other day Mm -hmm. while I was testing some of these out i didn't see that it was featuring florence welch and mm-hmm. so i was like oh, oh hey La- lady gaga sounds kind of like florence and the machine <laughs> i that's weird and then i looked oh yeah okay <laughs> i mean but it, it's a first of all it's a damn good song i love it florence is. welch um, oh, one man. of the other episodes we did was um uh florence and the machine so oh was it um, ceremonials uh we did lungs oh okay they're uh, both I good say. yeah both very good but uh, the the kind of groove on this was a little too sexual for my taste with uh, <laughs> the good witch and Dorothy kind of talking to each other. <laughs> it it felt a little uh, felt a little odd. It there was a thing. Uh, she says something about being seventeen again, and right? It, and it made me think about. Uh, Judy Garland's journey because she was 16 when she made this film Mm -hmm. and yeah she just had a string of bad luck or or mistreatment a little uh, of both I want I would imagine Mm -hmm. I think she lived to be 50 Um, something like that I looked it up Lizella Manelli's mother yeah okay and hopefully Gaga does a lot better <laughs> health wise yes, and everything else. I, I think she will. I think she will because this album and the, uh, her her documentary um, really attests to like she's to her to her influence and her power. Like and and that she's not blind to her privilege. Did you guys take note of a line in that song? Oh yeah, you've got it here. Walk me home, and that's when they start walking down the yellow brick right. Road. Like, I mean, so there's there's that. There's also, uh, she says, baby, don't you leave me, as the good witch is literally telling Dorothy to, like, go out on her own. Mm-hmm. So, it was, uh, again, I think it, it kind of worked there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Dorothy is lost. I mean, she's kind of bewildered. And that's why I said she's more, I would say she's more like a Madonna than a mama, because she's not really maternal. She's just, like, that innocent girl that just had this thrust upon her and she's just going with along like on her journey trying to find answers Mm. and trying to find that wizard that's going to save everything (laughs) like and and make it all right again and she's just lost she's just trying to get home it's almost like she becomes a single mom along the way or whatever like she has these maternal instincts (laughs) and like all these weirdos accrete to her (laughs) And thank goodness it's all appropriate, and they're really, really sweet. <laughs> well, in the books, I think she's like nine or ten. Yeah, she's she's much younger in the mm-hmm. in the first book. Okay. so that would have been real awkward. That'd be Game of Thrones level. Yeah, yeah. There, there was in the in the movie, uh, it got cut, but there was a whole storyline where she and one of the farmhands, the one who his name is Hunk. It's easy to remember because he's the Hunk. Uh, but she and Hunk were supposed to have some sort of like romance. 
something oh. going on, which is why at the end uh, she says, "I think I'll miss you most of all to the scarecrow." Yes, even oh. even though he didn't do anything special to be missed most of all. So maybe she just likes dumb guys. Who knows? I'm not here, I'm not here to judge. <laughs> well, hold on. We'll get there at the end. But but he was never dumb. He just thought he was. Uh-huh. Hey, sometimes that's, you know, same difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to Angel Down, which I, I f- honestly like taking it taking it to a serious level like i felt a little weird doing this to this song because yes i was i was looking up the lyrics on uh uh, the lyrics genius website Mm -hmm. which gives you little blurbs about you know what things are about the one about trayvon martin yeah okay and i was like i don't i don't know if i can make any jokes about this yeah because something so sad is happening simultaneously with like one of the funniest bits of the of the movie, right? If I only had a brain, like he's stumbling and bumbling right. all over the place. He falls down in the street. And he says yeah. something incredibly profound. I didn't get to write it down, but he says, oh, smart people talk. I mean, smart people say things all the time. Right. Okay. So we might as well in just get into it yeah. then. Yeah, she wrote the song. Well. It's probably about Trayvon Martin. The song is great. It touches on this really deep thing that's going on and like yeah white folk are smart enough to figure this out we just keep talking Mm -hmm. don't fix the problem and if you take it back to the issue maybe that bomb was talking about farmers being mistreated and not paid attention to like pretty similar thing right like here's a whole group of people that should be a part of our society and treated well and like held up just getting the shaft to me to me what the scarecrow was saying symbolized uh like politicians like what if paul like what if he's just as smart as a politician but because the politician is saying stuff he's considered smart no i mean i i think that both of those i think work out pretty well Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. you know the the reality of you know the idea that it's like yeah you know these Problems are things that we could fix, but, you know, instead we're just, we think we're smart and we, so we just say stuff and yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, I think that works out pretty well. It is a little not appropriate for just how much the scarecrow is prat falling around and tripping over himself, but I think the message is, is Well, now we're getting into an area, right? where you never know if you're watching a movie from the 30s and 40s if a minstrel show's about to break out. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there there <laughs> was not a ton they, of people know this, but there's a whole scene that they cut where they they do the jitterbug and it's a very racist uh sort of, you know, making fun of black people thing. Um I haven't watched what? it. I don't know just how bad it is, but it it you can find it on YouTube. Like I said, I've never watched it, but uh, I don't know if I can stand to watch it, to be honest. <laughs> but he has this whole thing where they're just like, here's the section where we make fun of black people. That's so strange, man. I'm so glad uh, they cut that out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I read somewhere that, that uh, I can't remember if it was Judy Garland or Bolger. It was somebody was like, this, this won't stand the test of time. Ooh. And I thought, and they said something about it because it was pop music and it would date the film. 
But what if that person just said that because they didn't want to be like, look, guys, we can't do this black minstrel bullshit anymore. Well, like, right. They would have never been like ready to hear that. So sometimes you have to say stuff like that's more politically correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it got it out of the movie. So, oh, thank gosh. <laughs> you know, successful either yeah, way. It would have dated the movie for sure, I think. Uh, yeah. But in, I, I in do feel one like way it, or another. it. it Knowing that that existed gives us a little more insight into the scarecrows, uh, maybe what he represents, right? Like farmers aren't just white folks. They're just the lowest rung of our economic status system. I think that's why it, 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 this song at the same time is, is, uh, is a good juxtaposition. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's also just the song itself is very, uh, very beautiful and very heartbreaking all at the same time. Again, like, I mean, I didn't really expect this out of Lady Gaga to be (laughs) honest. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she's got this line where she says, where are our leaders? Yes. Mm -hmm. You're just standing. You're standing there. Yep. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know because it wasn't until we started, uh, talking about our notes and stuff where I looked up Angel Down because I'm like, wait a second, like, what is this song even about? And the first thing is about Trayvon Martin. I'm like, whoa, like she actually she actually did write a mm-hmm. song about this. I mean, I knew it was very political. You know, I knew that she stood for something that I could get behind, but I didn't even realize like, oh, like this is, you know, this is the Angel Down here and she's she's making no qualms about it. Like she's saying it. We should also point out uh, at this point that we both did the uh, deluxe uh, edition of the album. So we go into, we've got Grigio Girls, Mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, starts during the the apple tree scene. the bullying apple Um, tree guy. uh I don't know if I really had anything specific um, on this song. Uh, She says, let your teardrops fall. And the Tin Man is like the most emotional. Mm-hmm. It's like the loving heart of the film. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. again, just like how the Scarecrow is actually smart, but he's been told he's stupid. Mm-hmm. The Tin Man, the laborer, has heart and feelings. Right. He's just not allowed to express them mm-hmm. or, like, you know, access them. Yeah, and Peanut uh, Grigio Girls uh, was this another song that I didn't necessarily understand the first time I heard it. I was actually like, uh, I think waking up one day or taking a nap. And sometimes like when you're in that weird lucid state, that's kind of like when you kind of listen. And uh, I just, that's when the first time I was like, oh, she's talking about Peanut Grigio. She's talking about girlfriends. She's talking about friendship. Um, she's talking about being there for each other and there's a line in there where it says, keep it gold. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, it's the tin man, you know, like tin gold, that kind of like, kind of maybe was a parallel or a symbol there. Um, like about the heart, you know, like about, and so then, then it's like the heart and then the home and then, and then, uh, it makes me think like, you know, the whole message, the final theme or the final message of the movie is there's no place like home. And so then there's a saying, you know, home is where the heart is. Right. 
Oh, I, I did have just a stupid little note where I'm because they they start oiling up the Tin Man's jaw, and I'm like, it kind of looks like they're just giving him some wine to go along with the song. <laughs> ah, nice. And I'm like, all right, that. all right, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, at one point while they're oiling him, uh, she has a line, uh, something about make it all make sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, she's really like lubricating the joints of this poor sad guy. <laughs> And it's like it's starting to develop friendship and like connection maybe, and trust. Maybe what saves us from the difficulties and pain of life and like political bullshit is our togetherness, friendship, working together. And can I just comment on how amazing that actor that played the Tid Man is? Yes. Oh he's, my gosh. He's so very good. good. He's Every- so good. Every time I have watched this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is now 10, <laughs> 10, 10. times <laughs> in the last couple of months, every time I am impressed with just how much emotion and and character he has yes. in his face. Because he, I mean, he, depending on what song you get, we, we've referred to them as sex eyes before because... <laughs> He gets, he, they're very lovey-dovey or, mm-hmm. or you know, you throw the right music behind it and they're like, yo, let's uh, mm-hmm. let's get down to business. Mm-hmm. Tin Man fucks. Oh, yeah. No, Tin Man, <laughs> Tin Man definitely fucks. Hmm. That's. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he's, he was a very, very good actor and just the, the expression on his face is phenomenal have you seen him in anything else i uh, know i mean i i'm not very familiar with most films uh from you know before i'm gonna say the 60s mm. i haven't really seen a ton yeah he's so good like in this this time that i watched it when they're facing when they're facing the wizard and he's just shaking and he's using his costume to 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 show that he's scared, right? Because he doesn't have a voice really in that scene. But, you know, when you kind of watch a movie more than once, you start looking at the things behind and the things that you didn't pay attention the the other time. And he's just incredible. Like the acting that he does, um, where he uses his costume to shake, to show that he's like shaking like a leaf, like he's so terrified of the wizard and 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 how that just like synthesizes with the, the overall feeling is that like this wizard's like all knowing all 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 speaking like powerful and and just capable of all things like godlike in a way like he's really able to do that you know without even speaking like the nonverbal acting that he does is yeah incredible. absolutely yeah I have to think they pick those three guys. Maybe because they were comic actors, but also just their physicality. So you mentioned you mentioned that we listened to the deluxe version. Isn't this where we go back to Angel Down? Right, because but it's at called the, Work Tape. At the end of the deluxe version, there is a different version of Angel Down called uh, Angel Down Work Tape. And um, yeah, I don't. I mean, he he's doing his like little wobbly dance uh, when this track starts up and then um he looks really sad during this part which i think worked well and then the witch kind of shows up and blows everything what was the difference between those two tracks like uh could you guys tell the production wise um yeah i think the work tape sounded a little bit a little bit more rough um i think it's just 
not totally mastered or, you know, maybe it was a demo or, you know, something, but it, it was a little different, but it was, um, you know, I, I would really have to sit down and, and compare. I was, you know, trying to take notes about the wizard of Oz while doing (laughs) this. So I was not, was not listening very hard to the differences. So yeah, so that ends and we get our first, uh, repeat sort of ongoing, thing I feel like with pretty much any of these I've done is that the once the uh, album hits its first repeat, Mm -hmm. the quality kind of starts going down. I just don't think a lot of things match up with the second half of the film as much. Um, What do you guys think about about that? I would agree. Um, I stopped taking notes. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, I just stopped. Yeah. I See, for me, I don't Maybe it's a function of the movie's really good and like it starts to suck you in. Although some people have said that it it doesn't that it goes downhill, but I have tons of notes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. They get into the creepy forest, they meet the the lion. I just I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the second half of the film itself is still very good. It's just I think there's fewer things that that really sync up with any albums. Yeah. I have yet to find one that really just kind of nails that second part. And uh, as we are going a little bit long, I don't know if we want to uh, go through anything super specific. Okay, so I found a sync point. If you jump all the way to the Emerald City, right before mm-hmm. they meet the wizard, um, they're trying to psych the lion up and uh, get mm. him to be willing to go in there. And so they put that like big old carpet around him. Yeah, yeah. He does uh, the song, uh, If I Were oh. King of the Forest. Yeah. And, and th- his belief is that if he is king... He won't have fear. And right. to me, that is a perfect illusion. Yes. That was actually the thing I was going to bring up because historically, this song has barely worked with anything. Uh, oh. It worked really great with this one because Perfect Illusion starts up right at the beginning of his song. And he does all these really dramatic poses that, like, I'm just imagining Lady Gaga would do up on stage. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And it. Like, I was actually really into it, and I think this is probably the best If I Were King of the Forest song that I've ever seen. Nice. Because usually it's garbage. I mean, (laughs) in in other episodes, my notes literally say, fuck, here comes If I Were King of the Forest, because I hate it. You hate it? Oh my god, I started doing all the lines, like Casey's looking over at me like, what? And I'm like, courage! (laughs) (laughs) He's like singing the lyrics without even hearing them. I mean, I hate it in the context of this. If they did a pop star Wizard of Oz, I feel like Gaga should should do the cowardly line. Because he's so... Oh my god, yes. He's so over the top. I okay no I would totally I would totally watch that um if (laughs) if I mean assuming you don't have like Lady Gaga as like Dorothy or something maybe do like a a, maybe do like a gender swap uh oh yeah you know get get a a guy for Dorothy and then the Scarecrow and Tin Man and Lion are all like pop divas (laughs) I'm into that the only other major one that I really enjoyed was in million reasons uh you know it's this really sad song it's like a a sad song about like you know you give me a million reasons to go just give me one reason to stay and it's like this is going on right when dorothy is trying to get in to see the wizard she's told no yeah 
And then she literally sits down and just starts crying. Mm -hmm. And she wants to give up. I'm like, she she wants to give up. She's just looking for one reason to stay in the Emerald City. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, no, like that's that's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And that guy takes pity on her. Yeah, which I don't know what that guy's name is. Literally, in my 10 rewatches, I have just named him Sir Fuzzy because he's got <laughs> a, like a lot of fuzzy gloves and hats. And I don't know what the fuck his name is. Oh, God. I, so I'm scrolling through my notes <laughs> and I do actually have one uh, jumping back just a little bit. We get to the dancing in circles repeat and it comes. The line up all night trying to rub the pain out comes up as they're literally buffing uh, the Tin Man with this giant wheel. Oh, when they're in the spa. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, (laughs) fuck me, man. That's too good. (laughs) Yeah. And like the lion gives this like real saucy grin during this song. And like (laughs) it was it was pretty good. But yeah, that line about rub the pain out with that giant buffer wheel. (laughs) I uh it was so good. <laughs> Usually at the end of the show I I sort of ask, you know, what what you all got out of it, but I mean, I think, you know, it was it was a lot deeper um than any of the other episodes I've done. So <laughs> we get that's that a you, lot. you both you that's both took this at a very like academic sort of uh <laughs> thoughtful level, which I really enjoyed. It was a good uh, good twist for the last uh, last episode of the season, maybe the podcast. We'll cool. see if anyone listens to this. Um, Man, I really so, loved it. I, I. Oh, let him finish. He was. Oh, oh I'm no, sorry. Were you wrapping go ahead. up? I just wanted to thank you. Like th- this was a really great opportunity because mm-hmm. I love this film and I love this record and like to mm-hmm. see those points where it it sparks our consciousness. Like that was really exciting. The the last question that I have for you is if you were to give this a rating uh, from uh, we'll go we'll call it a rating on a scale from one million reasons to ten million <laughs> reasons uh, to watch this film uh, where one million is this was a waste of time never do this mm-hmm. to ten where it's <laughs> uh, sorry ten million <laughs> where it's Literally everybody, as soon as they're done listening to this, should go out, watch this movie with uh, Joanne by Lady Gaga playing in the background. Where would you each put it on that scale? I would put it at 7 million reasons and have a caveat of how about you listen listen to it with all of Lady Gaga's albums? Oh, okay. like just do it. So no repeat, you know. And so, oh, I see. Okay. Like, so you get, albums. so you get, like bad romance, like or or like poker face. If that was like if that were to fall in a di- like if it would have been a little bit more synchronized, I don't know. But I I that I think seven million would be my number. Okay, that's good. I go ten because wow. Okay, because I think this is this album is going to stand the test of time. I think it's one of the great albums. And I think this mm-hmm. movie for me, at least is one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. I would say, listen to Mozart while you're at an art gallery. <laughs> like th- it's that kind of shit. You yeah. Know? Okay. Like Mozart, it's classic too. All right. Um, yeah, I would probably, uh, I would probably agree with Casey on this. I'd say about 7 million reasons. <laughs> um, it's, I was surprised at just how much I really enjoyed it. Um, 
you know, I mean, like I I said, I I wasn't expecting this album to be mm-hmm. my kind of thing. Like, I mean, like I'm not kidding. This is <laughs> gonna be on my playlists now Yay! because it's very good. You know, it was a it was a good. I think it was a good way to finish off the season because it felt, you know, it. There were a lot of funny moments. I mean, I will not for uh, every time I see that tornado scene now, it's going to have a whole different <laughs> metaphorical meaning for me. <laughs> so the there, was a lot of, there was a lot of funny moments, but then there were these, you know, I mean, with uh, Angel down and, and, you know, like a lot of heavy stuff that I don't even I, I, I wouldn't have necessarily made that connection uh, if, if we hadn't talked about it Mm -hmm. but you know it's kind of it goes to both extremes where it's you know really heartfelt and sad and emotional and then you know here's some masturbation references (laughs) so you know everywhere in between so yeah i'd say a seven is you know if seven million uh if you uh if any of this sounded interesting to anybody listening i would i would definitely recommend this one Cool. cool Cool. Can I also make a recommendation? I, yes, I would recommend absolutely. that if you are an evil witch, get those buckets of water out of there. What are you doing? <laughs> that is a good recommendation. So as we as we close out, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? If uh, anyone at home wants to check that out. So if you really like the way that our conversation went today, and we went in places that. I think are unpredictable and, but yet very deep. And we always have a lot of fun and uh, we touch on subjects that are sometimes maybe to the naked eye, maybe unseen or like not thought of to check out our everything is awesome podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like it. We, I think we, when Casey joined, she joined about two years ago, we came across this idea of something called big talk. Yeah. Okay. And that that kind of transformed the way I do the show and how we do it together. We'll interview a comedian or a small business owner or whatever. Like we'll get an interesting person in, mm-hmm. and then we'll just go deep, whether it's about their childhood or whatever struggles we're going through or issues in the news. And uh, and we can do that whether we're talking about a movie or a a, a book or or whatever. Yeah, I I definitely noticed. So. <laughs> and we like to get into the story of things too. Yeah. Storytelling is one of our one of our tenets, I think, of our podcast. Yeah, we're both writers, so we we love to talk about the text. Mm-hmm. Awesome. If anyone at home uh, enjoyed this conversation, I know I did. Check out the Everything Is Awesome podcast, and uh, thanks to so much to both of you for being on. This was this was a very different episode. <laughs> I can't wait to of, listen to the other ones now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very deep and very good and I I really had a lot of fun with this today. So, thanks again so much for being on and uh to everyone at home. Uh, as this is the last episode of the season, uh if you liked it, let me know. I mean, I don't have any current plans to do more, but uh you know, if if everyone likes it enough we'll see what's on the horizon until then possibly i'll see you on the other side of the rainbow this has been any album you like i'm your host ben mooney if you would like to contact me about this or any other episode of the podcast you can email me at any album you like at gmail.com 
or you can find me on Twitter at AnyAlbum. If you liked this episode, consider leaving a review for it on iTunes. If you'd like to support me further, you can also buy me a coffee. The link for that is in the episode notes, or you can go directly to ko-fi.com slash Ben Mooney. That's B-E-N-M-O-O-N-E-Y. 